Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. And we back. Uh, although we, our our main camera is right in front of one seven one four West Seventh Seventh Street in Ebor City, otherwise known as Chillum CBD Dispensary and Glass Gallery, we are coming to you today in a very confused way because we're just getting back. You know something? Let's jump into a rotation. <laughs> oh shit! I'm not even ready. I don't even know what I'm doing. There you go. See, that wasn't too painful, was it? Mm -hmm. You miss a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you get back and being in the swing of things is so far off in left field that you think you're, you know, not going to make it. I mean, but we're, like we're such a good conversation before we like actually started the show. Like we just cut off like a really good conversation just to be like, we should be live. And I just fucked my head up, man. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. Let's keep, <laughs> well, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> let's, let's have the intros here. Uh, my name is uh, Gary Stein. I am the political director and the master of public health for Suncoast Normal, coming to you from an undisclosed location at my home. And uh, the, in the upper left-hand corner, we have our our house atheist, I guess you could call him. The you see, uh, I told you, he's just going to do it in the intro. He's just going to like, you know, like right call though, us man. out I, in the intro. I, I, you know? I, right. I, I got more friends that aren't <laughs> than aren't Christian than I. Like a, uh, a, a non-Spanish speaking Cuban cringo. And we'll, <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah. Oh, that one stung, I bet, man. That one had to sting, Carlos. That that <laughs> probably stung more than the He's person. right, though. He's Ooh. right. <laughs> He's our bat. He's our batch masters of uh, business administration, and the owner and uh, and the manager of Chillum, of course, and our assistant director and our engineer. The man is all things to all people, except for religious. And uh, <laughs> in the upper right hand corner, coming to you from above the Beltway, hitting him below the Beltway, our director Chris Kano. Chris, how are things over in the Beltway today? Well, you know, um, in D.C., things are, are you know, progressing uh, right now in the Senate. Um, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is working with Republicans to get to 60 votes for his cannabis omnibus bill. Um, but also there's some some great things uh, coming out of California that I think that the people should know. In particular, the Ninth Circuit Court ruled on the legal status of hemp-derived Delta-8 products. A three panel for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has rejected arguments that Delta-8 THC products, which are chemically synthesized from hemp-derived CBD, fall beyond the scope of the 2018 Farm Bill. Uh, basically, the, the judges uh, ruled that, you know, it doesn't matter what the end product is, as long as it was sourced uh, from hemp or hemp-derived CBD products, uh, then, then it is, you know, it doesn't matter the method of manufacture. 
uh, for ascertaining whether a product is synthetic or not. Here's so, a crazy thought. Let's make all cannabinoids legal. You know? Um, also, a, a study coming out of California showed that licensed cannabis retailers in California are actually compliant with enforcement of rules prohibiting young people from entering their facilities. And so this was compiled uh, by the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and published in the Journal of Safety Research. So dispensaries are not giving cannabis to underage people. So, you know, one of the things that uh, prohibitionists and, uh, you know, opponents of cannabis legalization always point to is what about the kids? Well, the kids are doing just fine because kids cannot go into a dispensary and get cannabis products. Unlike where, you know, you can walk into a Walgreens or CVS and kids have access to beer and some dangerous over-the-counter uh, medicines right there at their fingertips. And there's no one carting them when they walk in there. So... Um, and then, you know, there's one big study that I think folks may want to hear about that's important uh, coming out of Israel um, and published in the Journal of Frontiers and Pain Research. Long-term cannabis use is associated with reduced prescriptions and improved symptoms with cancer patients. And so this is something that many of us have known for a long time. But the fact is, is that the effective and safe study of medicinal cannabis for treating cancer-related symptoms in oncology patients is uh, shown a lot of promise. And, you know, it's important that, um, you know, people get access. And, you know, I, I just want to say uh, to my dear friend Tommy Baker, who was recently diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer at 39 years old, having been an army vet and having been a, a you know a professional baseball player um, you can be some of the healthiest people in the world and you never know when cancer is going to knock you down and so shout out to Tommy and his family who are battling this and uh, uh, you know Tommy uh, uh, I know we had this talk last week but you know let's get you that access to that RSO and, and let's see you through this so now wasn't there also something some movement over in DC in regards to uh, people who are employed and using cannabis and not losing their jobs you know, this has been an ongoing battle. Um, the city of Washington, D.C. has now instituted, uh, you know, a bill that prevents people from being fired from their jobs, uh, from being tested positive for cannabis. But understand it only applies to uh, jobs in D.C. and not federal jobs. Cannabis still being federally illegal and the Biden administration's position on not having its employees uh, having been cannabis users uh, still remains intact. So we still have a disconnect between local and federal law, but shout out to the DC city council and the mayor of Washington DC for doing right uh, by the city workers and by people who work in the district, um, you know, who are not federal employees. Now DC is a, is a crazy place. You're not really a federal employee when you work there in the district. And yet the district takes is total in total control of the funding for the city. Yeah. And so there, is, there really is a crossover. And that's what I was trying to bring across when we had Eleanor Holmes Norton on uh, uh, last month. Well, she wasn't too talkative about it. She did basically say that she was still working on <clears throat> on the rider to, to move things forward and also to try to get more people to have access to it who, are, who might have their employment uh, <clears throat> uh, threatened by, by, by cannabis use. So it's a, it's a step in the right direction for D.C. Yeah. Federally, I, I think they're going to be putting it back off again. They were, everybody said it was going to be November and then August. The, the way that politics are right now, we, we're not always on the top of uh, everybody's priority. We well, have you, know, you know, Gary, you bring up a good point, too, when it comes to politics. For every time we take two steps forward, sometimes we take a step back. 
uh, in particular, every time you take a step forward, you take two steps back. Yeah. It's like the name of the game, man. Yeah, the Virginia legislature just recriminalized uh, up to four ounces of over four ounces of cannabis for possession. Uh, previously, when they legalized it last year, um, you know, you could have more than four ounces. Now, anything more than four ounces, you know, uh, will we'll get you uh, thrown back in the slammer. Um, in addition, you know, uh, Delaware. Um, had their legalization bill vetoed by the governor and um, a whole bunch of politicians flipped their votes when it came to overriding the governor's veto. And so it did not, they did not get the votes necessary. Uh, it fell on a 2020 split and there were both uh, uh, some Democrats and some Republicans uh, who flipped their votes um, when it came to the veto override. So maybe they had pet projects that they didn't want to, that they didn't want to override the governor on on that, that they wanted to get through, but uh, all in all politics uh, did the people of Delaware a disservice. So. And uh, as far as Florida is concerned, we are not in, in session right now, but uh, they're really hard at work doing really important things, trying to avoid uh, uh, establishing any new gun laws. Uh, but our, our next uh, Speaker of the House, uh, uh, Representative Renner, has come up with a solution somewhat in regards to the situation with, uh, <clears throat> with using cannabis and, and the carry option. Of course, it's not exactly what everybody would have, would have expected. What he's going to do is he's going to push for a permitless carry in Florida, which hmm. I think is kind of a step too far uh, in regards to protecting the, the rights of uh, Second Amendment people. What do you think about that, Chris? I know this, 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 this is kind of a crossover thing for you. Well, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a proponent of you know cannabis users being able to protect themselves, protect their families. Uh, and making sure that their rights are not infringed on for being cannabis patients. Uh, what my concern in, in Florida is, and, and whether you have open carry or not, we see with concealed carry uh, time and time again, people at the grocery store bumping into people and then it turning into a shootout. So um, making Florida more of the wild West doesn't seem like the right way to go. Uh, with, with what we're seeing in behavior with, with people from Florida and such. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody saw that video a few months back, but there was literally a guy um, who was road raging and, and was uh, shooting through his window while he was on the expressway in Orlando at the guy in front of him. Um, so, so is the answer to make it more accessible for people to pull out a gun, uh, the answer to solving gun violence? It's a it's a tough one, and I, I would definitely say it, it, the the algebra and the math do not line up on that. This <laughs> this has always been something that about you, and I'm like realizing now that I've never really like just like upfront asked you, like you know, because you are you are a very very liberal person there, Keno, but you, you are, are also you know we're in the military, and for you you are somewhat pro-gun like you do you 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 do enjoy guns you know right mm -hmm. yes so, and I, so, I do believe that the people should have the right to possess any firearms that the police possess 100 percent, 100 percent. and like i think uh there's a lot of like like instances in our, our history that show that like particularly civil civil rights instances in our history that that me personally believe that we should you know, allow people to to own firearms because the police aren't always going to protect us. But um, you know, with everything going on, like, what? How do you feel? Do you think that we need stricter gun laws, or do we like? 
maybe we should talk about weed, but you know, like <laughs> it's just real quick, you know? Well, well, weed and guns go hand in hand, right? Because, you know, in many ways um, with the federal government still saying it's illegal, um, that, that prevents people who are responsible cannabis users from being able to exercise their own civil rights. And I think that's a, a concern mm. that anybody should have. Anytime the government is infringing on your civil rights um, for, for being in some sort of class, whether you're um, you know, a cancer patient, whether you're a, a, a cannabis patient, whether you're black, whether you're, you're Hispanic, those are concerns that people should have. Now, I think a lot of people in this country see um, some basic gun law movement that we can get in regards to universal background checks, in regards to red flag laws, and making sure that if someone posts on social media, you know, hey, I'm thinking about shooting up a, a store that, you know, in a week later they do it, that those, that's why we have red flag laws, you know, and that's why mm-hmm. uh, we have these, is- these, these issues in this country. And it seems like the, the, uh, our conservative party in this country, the Republicans are like, no, we can't have any of that. And then Democrats are like, you know, uh, well, we need to ban certain type of uh, rifles and such. But the vast majority of Americans all agree, background checks make sense. You know, having a database to make sure that you're not selling a gun to a felon just seems to make sense. Waiting periods oftentimes make sense because, you know, like that 18 year old in Texas who shot up Mm. the school. I mean, he literally went in one day bought the rifle and the next day shoots up a school, you know, could a three day waiting period have prevented all of that. Could a week long waiting period prevented all of that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are common sense gun reforms that we can make in this country that don't infringe on people's civil rights. They just add a bureaucracy up there to protect the people. Now, and you know, if you want to get into a constitutional argument around it, you know, that's really where, where the Supreme court comes in at and the, the lawyers all come in at and such. So we'll see how this all shakes out in the grand scheme of things with the courts and, and with our Congress. But in the meantime, we still have kids dying in our schools and that's yeah. just, that's something yeah, can- I mean, basically uh, a well-regulated militia just shot up a, 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 a elementary classroom. So that, that, and that, and that was an 18 year old kid who wasn't a member of any militia. He wasn't, he wasn't a regulated or anything. He had no training. He wasn't in the military. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I just, those are the senseless violence that, that, that doesn't make any sense. And at the end of the day, when you're a hardcore, um, ammo sexual, as I like to call some of those guys, uh, you got to rethink your position sometimes when, when you're looking at uh, the tragedy that so many families are feeling. Um, I mean, I saw the crocodile tears coming from the Heritage Foundation during the hearings in Congress. And I'm like, I, you know, they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're not uh, immune to this. We're, we're, it, it, well, you know what? If you were, if it did affect you, then you would actually step up and you wouldn't be spouting out propaganda around it and such. So. I, I, you know, hey, look, we yeah. can talk about this in a totally separate show, but what I want to do is introduce <laughs> our guest today, uh, Miguel Torres. Miguel, Miguel um, uh, is, a, is a, a Coast Guard veteran, and I had the opportunity to uh, be a part of his podcast. Um, and, uh, and Miguel, uh, you have a really interesting uh, podcast, The Conversation, Cannabis and Christianity. We really had the time to fellowship. Uh, to talk about cannabis and also to talk about our, uh, you know, my belief system, your belief system and such. And so I thought that was a, a really interesting um, just conversation. And I wanted to bring you on the rotation so that way our listeners can know about, you know, your show and what you're trying to accomplish. So why don't you just uh, introduce yourself and, and, and tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your podcast. Thanks, Chris. <clears throat> Carlos, Gary, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah. I, uh, so I retired from the Coast Guard in 2021 and, uh, 
and started this thing called the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. And and the point of it is, uh, we were talking. <laughs> I do this all the time with my podcast too. Is that we have these front end conversations before we hit record. And I understand completely what. Because I'm on the other end of it now, and and at the same time, it's kind of like you kind of want to get to know who you're talking to, like kind of what to expect, and then at the same time, you realize that that is some of that is some of what you want to record, right? So prior well, to this, we're, well, we're 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 kind of picking up where we left off before yeah, that's we, we that's hit what I'm trying go, to go back to. Go that's live, what I'm trying to go back know? to. Like I I I need to know, like I just need to know what is your goal here? What is the goal of this conversation that you're having about cannabis and Christianity? So. <clears throat> What is your mission, if you will? If you, if if I if when I look at when I when I look to at be the yourself camp, a missionary. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Carlos, you can kill, you can call me missionary, whatever you want, man. It's cool. We're gonna have fun. <laughs> Let's do this. So so when I look at it, when I look at it, man, and and I hear pastors call marijuana and cannabis the devil's lettuce, and I'm thinking. It's a plant that grows naturally. Mm-hmm. So how, if, if a Christian thinks that the devil can create a plant and sabotage humans with this thing and, and it's evil and it's bad for you, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? So I did have, no, this is, this is a, okay. I don't want to get, I don't want to go from one digression to the next, but here it is, man a lot of stigma around cannabis and a lot of stigma around who Jesus is. Right. And it can be ugly. It can be ugly. Right. That's why, that's why the stigma, that's why you guys are doing this thing. That's why you guys have a normal, that's why Mm -hmm. all this stuff exists is because that stigma is ugly, but there's genuine things about that plant that have meaning and purposeful meaning for people and people of all people. Right. And when it comes to Jesus, I grew up in a denomination. I was, my parents were Catholic when I was born. So of course, as a baby, I was, I was baptized Catholic. And then they converted to Mormon, Latter-day Saint. And I grew up in there. And that was a very legal, like Chris, uh, during the, during the uh, conversation that I had with, uh, I think it was Chris, maybe it was, I can't remember, I think it was Chris, but I think you said legalist, right? A legalism, a legalist type of uh, denomination. And that is exactly right. And what that means is, and here's the thing about, this is where it comes into the Christianity side of things. Is that you have this plant, you have this creation, whatever you believe about it. If you're a Christian, you believe that this earth was made by an intelligent designer, God, whatever you want to call it. And this plant is here and you have this text. And this text refers to the green tree, the green plant, before the fall and after the fall. So in other words, in the garden before men and women, man and woman bowed their knee to an outlaw spirit, they had all these things at their access and it was good. Sex was good. Jesus said, be fruitful and multiply on the earth. This is before the fall. But somehow... Too many denominations have turned these things that are that are uh, meant to be good for us and stuffed them into a place that's called taboo, and that causes more problems 
than the problems they're trying to avoid. Now, I had a guest on my podcast who was a 30-year career evangelical. So he did 30 years working, right? It's different when, you, when you're working in it. When you're outside of it and it's something you participate in, it's kind of different. But when you're inside it and you're the one, it, it's a little bit different, right? And um, I asked him, and he's a, he's, a, he's a medical marijuana patient in the state of Florida too. And I asked him, I was like, you know, I don't understand why so many denominations say you can't drink or why they, I know the Catholics use, you guys, are, you guys were raised Catholic. You guys Catholics use wine for communion. Gary, Gary's a Jew. Okay. So, all right. So Car- the Hispanics, the Hispanics. Gary the is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So the Catholics, the two people that were raised Catholic with Catholic uh, rituals and they used wine, right? And most denominations do not. And most denominations adhere to a prohibition of alcohol. And I'm asking this gentleman, because it doesn't make sense to me when I read the Bible. I'm like, okay, wine is for celebration. That's, that's a given. And communion is wine. And the first recorded miracle that Jesus performed in the gospel, according to John, is turning water to wine. So why do so many denominations say you can't drink because that causes more problems. It causes worse problems than the ones they're trying to avoid. And this guy said they never turned it off after prohibition. He's like, seriously, Miguel, they just never turned it off after prohibition. <laughs> so my response was, well, you know, the civil rights movement happened after prohibition. They kind of get the impression that a lot of denominations didn't turn that one off too. Wow. Very poignant. So that's I- why I do the podcast because Christ is not about saying only the good people get in. And he's about saying nobody, this is the, there's a distinct difference in who Jesus says he is in every other worldview. And the foundational difference is that Christ says nobody can earn their way in. It's impossible. And he follows that up after his, after his disciples freak out and go, well, what, what's going on? What are we doing then? And he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So on a, on a belief system where it says everybody's disqualified and there's no way you can earn yourself in, it's impossible. But your maker, the one who made us in his image said, I made a way for you because I suffered and paid, my, paid with my blood the judicial price of mankind's fallenness. And it's, it's, it's considered free because that's what grace is. And that's how you really know it's true love because you can't earn it. You can't perform for it. Because if you earn it, the idea is if you stop earning it, it goes away. And that's a major difference. And there's too many denominations that have gone away from that. <clears throat> along, along with grace, the other thing that God gave to man, of course, is free will, which, which in my definition is the ability to screw up at will. Yeah. Which, basically what, what we oftentimes do. And yet I believe that, well, there's well, a couple of things. I, I usually don't allow facts to get, interfere with my beliefs. That way I can stay religious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're too funny. But I, I do find, you know, certain, I, I consider most of the, the liturgy, the Bible as a allegory, essentially. 
a, basically a way to uh, to tell us which way to go in a narrative form that we can understand because it's a lot easier for men to understand narratives as opposed to just long diatribes, which a lot of people don't often listen to, which is why they shut us off sometimes when we start to pontificate self, tries to stop doing that. But <clears throat> I actually believe that... Uh, it can also be what keeps people tuned in sometimes, too. But <laughs> in the garden, I don't believe that the, uh, the, the forbidden fruit was actually a fruit. I think it was actually cannabis, and it was God's way of testing us to see if we thought it was important. And Eve, huh. you know, obviously thought, hey, this thing is important. I, I think we should actually push it on Adam, and uh, and we'll we'll see what happens from there. Of course, things uh, didn't happen. I'm happy Eve oh. pushed. Uh, I'm happy Eve sinned. Then that's that's the works. There, but, there's three things I I, I want to get at. First off, Miguel, I, I sat here and I, I listened to you uh, explain your beliefs, and I, I I want to say that they they are beautiful. And I believe they come from and uh, uh, somebody who's uh, uh, highly capable of love and and, and of, of uh, compassion. Um, second, right? Um, it's one of the strangest things that it, it really like cannabis not being accepted by Christianity is one of the strangest things, where you literally like like have this God. Right, it, 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 it that created all things natural, right? And then you got this plant, and it's like one of the best things for humans. And it's just like it, it's so strange to me that it's not not more of like that. Like I, I've always like you know we 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 had the whole thing. Gary introduced me as an atheist on today's show. Um, a bit obsessed with with reggae music and like like ideas I like of like God. I it too. I do. They, 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 and all that. They, yeah, they talk about God a lot in reggae music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, basically, it's like the whole genre is like uh, essentially made for God, like made for this whole belief that that cannabis can enlighten you to God, right? Um, but I I, so I really like, see this I, like I, I didn't hear that, Gary. What was that? Now, also, the problem with, with reggae music is that not too much rhymes with Haile Selassie, so they go with God. <laughs> ja. Um, but <laughs> no, there, there's, um, you know, and, and we we really, like, we, we should get into what we were talking about before the show. But, like, I, I really do, like, I, I, I see what you're saying where, like, this whole prohibition thing and like it, it, it reminds me of fucking foot footloose where like you're like he, you can't dance and then all of a sudden like all this shit starts happening in society right um like it prohibition just always just kind of screws us up right um telling people they can't do it just makes them want to do it and i i just i i i feel like a lot of like prohibition comes from christianity though. Uh, a, a lot of times it's hard to like and not necessarily christianity but like from the preacher you from know people I mean? who from people who represent it right i guess I, I get what you're saying I I, you're yeah saying. yeah like i don't i don't want to say like jesus was like you can't do that <laughs> you know what i mean but i i the preacher definitely does that and i it, it's it's a common tactic in religion you know what i mean like what i say goes right that that shit over there you don't want to be involved in that shit Right. Um, so, but it, and we were talking about uh, about religion before the show started, and like 
I truly understand how ingrained beliefs can be in a person's psyche, right? I really can, right? Being an atheist, being outside of uh, belief, essentially, right? <laughs> causes me to really see that. And, um, you know, I, I'm dead ass telling you, like, just telling people I'm an atheist insults them. Like, I'm, I'm dead ass telling you that. Um, it's so easy for people to get insulted with it, with their beliefs, right? Yeah. What I, resistance I, do you I, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. people, it, it's it's what they hold to, man. It's, you know, telling people they're, they're wrong, especially on something that they hold to their life for. Right? It, I, it, it really, it, it's right. Think, when I you think, go in front of a you you but you you attack this issue from the inside you're saying i'm christian and i believe in right when you do like your mission work essentially your mission work isn't essentially to convert christians but it's a convert a christian to cannabis right what's the big from preachers fear 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 yeah i mean uh <clears throat> i'm you know, there's preachers that just like any, just like any, just like any work, any career, any line of work, people want to try to line up their calling in life, what they believe is their calling in life with how they make money mm. because that's cool. I mean, when you can do that, you're doing what you love and you're making money at the same time and preachers, pastors, I think it's it's a very serious position that does all the things that you just described to people and more. And I think some of them um, go into it out of guilt. They're trying to pay something back. And when you said that, uh, and that's performance, right? that's performance they're trying to pay something back that they can't pay back and uh i'm not saying all pastors but i think some and this is why some of them get wrapped up into what you're talking about when when somebody says yeah i'm an atheist and somebody gets you can see their quills go up or if like for me it'd be like yeah i'm a christian and they're like are you not smell marijuana on you <laughs> <laughs> the quills go up look, well. look how defensive people are like we even yeah no, no, I, I agree. In the I, chat, go, so, uh, so check. Like, oh, I, oh, I, I was looking do, over there. I saw a couple comments, but I'm not trying. Yeah, to do you, do you see this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not going to look at them right now because I'm answering your question. You know, <laughs> it's a, this is so, such a difficult conversation. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me have to, because it's like not. Well, you know what? I don't think it's that difficult, man. I don't. I don't think it's that difficult. I think you and I are having it right now, and 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 uh, and here's why. Here's why I think it's that difficult. I mean, it can be painful when you run into what you run into, Carlos. I'm not saying that when somebody, when you feel that, and it's like, yeah, that person doesn't even want to be around me because I just don't believe what they do. But I'm not being mean to them. I'm not being discourteous or, or disrespectful to them. I just don't believe what they do. That's it. Not that I don't believe in what they do, right? It's that I think what they believe is wrong. You have to understand there's a big difference there. Okay. It's not like I'm a Jewish person saying like, you know what? Your beliefs are a little iffy, right? You know, that's why I believe this over here, right? Okay. It's not like I'm a, I'm a Buddhist saying like, you know what, you know what, it, it's really this samsara fucking, you know, cycle thing, right? I'm saying, no, you're wrong. I'm saying all that shit is wrong. I'm saying Look, that is a lot. So, I know. So I guess, so how is that different than saying, 
I don't you you're so it's a right and wrong thing. And so so okay, I'll, so you're I'll saying, tell you I'll tell you the get, best okay. way to describe this. I'll okay. I'll tell you the best way to describe this. In Pendulette, right? From Penn and Teller, you have you know that magic group, that magic duo, right? Out yeah, of Las Vegas, right? Pendulette's a big atheist, right? Wrote a book on atheism, right? He's also a comedian. So his book that agnostics are people that are atheists that just still want to have sex. <laughs> and the reason being is because if you're saying, you know what, you might be right, right? That oddies. But I'm saying I'm wrong, that you're wrong by saying you're an atheist. No, that's okay, that man. Here's atheist. the thing. I'm I'm it's it's not my it's not my mission to force anybody to do anything. Because you can't. I mean, you, you see, you, I mean, for you guys that, that grew up in Catholicism, I'm not sure what your experience was with Judaism, Gary, but I know what my experience was in a in a legalistic denomination, and it produces lust. The fruit of rejection is lust. And if you're constantly trying to perform for something, you're never, you're, you're, you're one, you're always on a treadmill, and two, you're going to fall probably several times a day because the requirement, Gary, I'm not sure, the requirement for the Old Testament, 10, 10 commandments was if you've done it in your thoughts, then you've done it in action and word. So just thinking it disqualifies somebody from making themselves holy and trying to earn their way in. So this is what I'm getting at, Carlos, is that the performance of things makes people compete. Mm. You know, it's like, People often have the impression, though, uh, money is the root of all evil, which, of course, is a, mis, uh, a, a misnomer because that was never what it said. It was the love of money is the root of all evil. So the, the money itself is not the evil. Correct. Handle it. It's, I agree. I agree. It's the way that we do everything. And if I can quote, you know, the, the great prophet Robert Plant, there's a lady <laughs> there is this gold, and she's buying a stairway to heaven, and he's trying to tell you that she has made the mistake of believing that <clears throat> if she, that material things can, can get you in, into the, uh, the kingdom of God. And of course, it's not. It's good deeds, and it's paying it forward. And, it, and, and it is in your deeds that you do actually earn yourself a, uh, a, a type of peace. We don't, we don't believe in, uh, in, in the afterlife other than just you know, being scooped into another body and continuing God's work. But that, that's where we are. Well, okay, I, like, so, so I, I want to like, I want to wrap up and finish 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 answering Carlos's question about like so if you say I'm wrong I don't that doesn't bother me if you're like Miguel you're just wrong it's not like you're just wrong and I'm I'm like that's fine Carlos you don't have to you can you can be right and I'll be wrong uh, or you and this is the way I couch it because if you if if one of us because then then you kind of go into this when when it's right and wrong. Or if it's that's what you believe about this life and how this life came to be and what you believe about then a life after this life is a little bit different. So that's why I, I say it like that. I say it like that because well, hold on, hold on, hold on, one second, let me let me let me try to answer, man. Because I understand, I understand what you're saying, man. There's a lot of people that are just like, yeah, you're wrong. And there's a lot of celebrities that do it too. Like uh, there's a lot of people that do it and they're just like, yeah, you're just wrong. It's not a question about whether I believe what you, you are just flat out wrong. Okay. Here, and, and I get that perspective, but, and, and that's where I'm saying, 
that you can think that about me and that's okay. I don't, it doesn't bother me is what I'm getting at. It, it's not going to make me angry. It's not going to keep me up wondering what I can do to please you, you know what I mean? Because that's your, you have, you have free will. You have the right to do that. Mm. Okay. So, uh, uh, I could go off completely on a different tangent here, but, um, I, I do want to ground the conversation here and I, I want to go back to, to theme that we, we've been discussing and, and, and Gary hit the nail on the head even before we brought everything up. And it's just like, if, if a fact comes out, right, I change my beliefs, right? I, I'm misquoting it. I mean, uh, he doesn't like to get fat, but fact in the way of belief so he can continue to believe. Um, so here's the thing with cannabis, right? Where you've, you've got these two things, topics of your show, right? Ca cannabis and Christianity, right? Cannabis, it's not a belief, right? Cannabis is a real fucking plant. And there are studies showing that this fu real fucking plant does these really good fucking things to, to really sick people, right? So there's no, there's no, there's no issue there, right? Um, and, and that's part of the reason, like, like in, in a way, I think we can all have this conversation because we, we tend to be a little bit more logical than the, than the, 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 you know, the anti, you can't dance preacher, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's no dancing foot loose, foot loose. Anyways, um, <laughs> No, but I, I feel we can't have this conversation because, like, you know, you, you see a fact in front of you, Miguel, and you're like, okay, you know what? That's a fact, right? You know, um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to believe that this fact is, is true, right? Um, so uh, it, it, you, your job, essentially, when you're, 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 telling, you're telling them to switch their belief to fact, right? I'm actually I'm I'm not going to churches and doing that now. I'm 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 not well, going to, to to the believer. Oh, you mean with the podcast? Yeah. Yes, with the with the podcast with the podcast. Yeah, I I that yeah. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a part of creation. It's it's a part of creation. It's it's strange that I, I don't see why more people think don't think that it's strange to make a plant that grows naturally illegal. I it's I, just I the mind. Uh, Miguel, I think I, one thing that's kind of missing in the context of this conversation is, uh, <laughs> in part, my calling you, calling you, your, your come to Jesus moment. But uh, where, where, where did you evolve your uh, current opinion on cannabis? Because obviously, the the, the current canon of uh, the does, does, doesn't really believe it. But so, so those people who are for it right now, where they weren't ingrained it, they didn't get that catechism when they were born. They evolved. I agree. So where yeah. was your belief? So, so I didn't. I never used it in high school. I didn't use it in high school. I used it after high school. Some friends introduced it to me, and, and I was like, hmm. And I was not very motivated to perform well academically. Most of my public career, public education career, right? So, I used it my first year of college, and I was motivated to learn, like. I was motivated to learn and I, and I did better my first year of college than the, any of the best years of my public education career. And, and, uh, you know, this is a very big question you asked right there. So I'm going to, I'm not going to, cause I could go on and on, but I don't want to go on with those long stories and, and drown people out like Gary was talking about earlier. So 
at the same time, who I was, this is where, this is where I can point it to scripture. And I say, you know what, that's, that makes sense. And when Jesus is telling people, he says, it's not what you put into your body that defiles you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. So even though I'm doing well academically, I was a place in my life where apathy was setting in. It's the 1990s, Gary. The 1990s is soaked with apathy. And you hear it, all that crap coming back again because that's the way fashion works. They recycle that junk every 30 years, right? In the 90s, they were recycling the 60s. That's why you had all these, that's why, that's why the counterculture movement, the civil rights movement, and all the, all the, I mean, think about the Grateful Dead were still trucking. They were all doing all that in the 90s. This stuff is, there's nothing new under the sun. Bell Bottoms right? got reintroduced as Jinko jeans. They sure did. And they were cool, man, because I wore them too. I wore them too, Chris. And now they're wearing Jinko jeans now. <laughs> now right. they get to so wear Jinko jeans. Back to the 90s, guys. So, this is my point is that there's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So, okay. So at that time I was full of apathy. I didn't, my, my didn't have any idea about my place in this world, what I was here for, what I'm to do. Right. And I started going down the party path and eventually I got to take a year off from school and I'm like, okay, I need it. I need to take a year off because I'm starting to see things in my life that if I keep going down this way, I'm going to have a lot of regret. I'm going to have a lot of regret. I'll put it like that. I'm going to have a lot of regret. So finished up my undergrad and <clears throat> still really didn't have, you know, I still, you know, you still, didn't, I still really have a place where it's like, I really want to do that. That wasn't, that hadn't clicked for me yet. Right. I mean, I knew that I enjoyed things, but at that point in time, I had to, I had to, I had to stop using marijuana because my, the, what I believed about this life and my life, it was, it was no longer beneficial to me. And I see people say that too. I see people say, yeah, I had to stop because I was checked out more than I was checked in. And I'm kind of like, okay, I get that. That's when it becomes an escape, right? That's when we start trying to escape. And that's when people start using things to escape. Well, yeah, that's going to cause problems because you're procrastinating on issues that you really needed to address and pay attention to. So I stopped everything, went to the military a couple of years later. I enlisted. This is uh, in 2000 and uh, I chose the Coast Guard. I looked at all the branches and it was it came down to uh, actually it came down to three is is the Air Force, the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard. I applied to the Air Force. They had this program. I already had my undergrad, so I applied to the Air Force. They had a uh, they had a uh, um, a program where they'd offer you, they'd give you a master's degree at the University of Michigan, and you'd come out as an officer. And I was like, very cool. Did the whole process, didn't get picked up that time. Realized that I needed to make a change. I was like, I got to make a change here. So I went for the Coast Guard, and here's why I went for the Coast Guard. And I have nothing against people who who own guns or anything like that. I just, I didn't, or in the army, I'm, I'm nothing against that stuff. It just wasn't for me. So I, I chose the, the military branch that was, um, that was a humanitarian, closely more aligned with humanitarian service. And that was my reasoning for picking the coast guard. So that's why I chose that. And, uh, while I'm there, I think that's pretty cool, by the way, while I'm there, uh, 
you know, 20 years, you know, I can, how do I, I can't, I can't really encapsulate that in, in a short amount of time, Gary. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I did a lot happened in 20 years. I obviously got married. We had three children. I lost a parent and all these things happened. People die. People are born. Rejection, victory, all these things happen in our lives. And during it, when my, my father passed away and, and my mother <clears throat> had been putting off some health things because she was taking care of him and uh she's starting to get her her health back and she has a you know either these red flags we were talking about there's some red flags i was wish she would have uh, heated because she had a back surgery that ended up just horrific right horrific so uh this is just real quick six months hospitalized while under medical medical care, contracted meningitis and encephalitis. So now she's on medications to keep those at bay for the rest of her life too. So it was a horrible experience, right? And she's depressed. She's depressed. She's she's trying to enjoy the rest of her life, and now she has more physical pain than when she came out of or when she came into the surgery. And uh, she's in North Carolina, and this is in the late 2010s. And CBD had become legal. And she and my dad had used marijuana in college. They went to Central Michigan University and they used it every now and then. But they obviously stopped and they went in the opposite direction to where my use of cannabis when I was in college was a problem, especially with my dad, right? It wasn't that good. And uh, Carlos, you can relate to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, so then my mom's really depressed and she's not really talking to me. And, and so this is, you know, she's at home. She, she still wants her independence. So she's living alone. And, and I'm like, mom, you've, you've used it before. CBD is legal. You can get it legally. That was a hard one for her to get to believe to begin with. Right. Just the fact that she could get what looked like a marijuana joint to her from the 1960s and seventies. Right. And, and I was telling her, I was like, I'll, I'll find something online for you. You have to buy it though. I can't do anything for you because I'm still in the military and, and they have rules about that stuff. So she finds one. And she also had a friend of hers from her church who has a terminal illness, who is using some form of cannabis as well. And it's helping her. So my mom sees that it helps this woman. So I finally am successful with getting her to uh, <clears throat> to to try it, and she tells me about it afterwards. And she says, "I went. They, her and my dad have. Uh, they have. She still has it. Uh, this Cor, not a Corvette, a uh, Mustang. It's a convertible Mustang. My dad liked to have these cars every now and then, and they go for a drive. You know, they're getting older. They're both. They just like go for like those. He's like one of those traditional things where these." go for a drive on whatever day of the week it was. And uh, so she decides to go in the garage and put the top down and light it up and smoke. And that was when she started to walk out of her depression, literally. Now she has become depressed since then because her health has taken a dip. But my point is this, is that at a point where, and she was on prescription antidepressants and they were not working. They were not working. And this is why, I, so I, I know I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's a thing, it's, you know, it's a big thing, right? So 
I'm not trying to put too many pauses in here, but here's the thing. So my mother's missing my dad. She's in severe pain. She's depressed. She sits in a car that they shared together and has a lot of memory in. And she smokes a joint for the first time. It's a CBD joint, but she smokes a joint for the first time in decades. And all those things put together, I can't help uh, to think that the Holy Spirit was there and helped her out of that pit at that time in her life. So towards the end of my career, being in a being an officer in the, in the U.S. military, you have to compete. You're competing with everybody, right? That's how you get in. Chris is familiar. He went to the academy for a few years at the Air Force. It's all about competing. He had to compete to get in. You have to compete to get to college. You have to compete in all this stuff. And my wife was very honest with me, and she said, you know, you know, a lot of people love you at work. They really love you at work, but we need you to be that guy here at home. Because I was turning into an asshole, I guess, at home, right? And uh, that made me go, whew. So when I got out, that was one of the things I tried. Virginia, I did not know that about Virginia, though, that they, I, I'm, I'm going back to what Chris said about Virginia capping possession at four ounces. Because I was in Virginia when I retired. And that was when they had, it was 2021, they had rolled out everything, you know, they're trying to come out of the pandemic and try to do all this stuff. So they, 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 they decriminalized and then they, what, what was it? Was it medical? Because it wasn't recreational in Virginia, it was just medical, right? Yeah. And then they, they went ahead and legalized rec now. And they did. Okay. So I didn't yeah. know they did rec. I had no idea they did rec. Yeah. I had no idea. They just, the, what they've done is the, the, the sales and one of the things though, Virginia was unique also is that they banned the smell of marijuana as probable cause. So shout that was out a to, big one. Shout out to Virginia Normal for getting that law on the books. That makes a big difference. That I remember. So when I was living there, I remember seeing that because for, I mean, think about how it's been a century where that was what law enforcement would respond to. So I'm living there and, um, we're, we're about to move back to Florida because we've, uh, we're, we're here in Florida because we almost got out of the military to stay here. I, I was at that point in my career is, is we're living here from 2007 to 2010. And, and, uh, we really like living in Tampa Bay and my job was, I was doing very well. My evaluations were, were, were really good. And, um, like I said, my wife was like, She's like, yeah, a lot of people like you at work. So I was doing really well at work. I almost got out here. I almost, that 10 year mark is when people who, it's like, you kind of, I never planned to do a whole career in the military to begin with. It was kind of like, yo, I don't know, but hey, you know, it, it's kind of cool. You get to do a lot of stuff that you wouldn't, may not have normally been able to do. And I say may not because you don't know what kind of choices you would have made if you, if I got out at 10 years, you know? But I almost got out and stayed in ten years and stayed here, and that was right around 2010, right around 2008, 9, 10, when the recession was really hitting. Oh, I'm thinking this was like recently. Okay. No, this is 2010. I enlisted in 2000. Oh, wow. I enlisted 2000, so the, my midway point was 2010. And so I'm going back. My, the chronological so, of my you, chronological story you, you is, is way gone here. Out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, because you asked about my like Gary asked about my uh, my experience, and uh, and and you know during the pandemic. I was drinking too much. My wife and I were drinking too much. And it was becoming evident that we were drinking too much because that was the legal means that we had. And 
you're with all the, you're with all your neighbors. You're 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 trying to make sense of this. You're trying to you're having conversations. You're trying to you know you're trying to absorb more information. And at the same time, everybody's at home, so drinking was huge. I mean, it's like yeah, everybody, a lot of people people are drinking, and that wasn't helping. So when I got out, when I was finally able to use it, I was able to use it, and it's been it's been helpful for me in a number of ways. But I'm going to let somebody else talk because I feel like I've been talking for a long, no, long I, time. <laughs> I actually have a, a question to ask you. Um, you know, you and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but your 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 whole uh, story was about uh, basically being a Christian man uh, that came to know and love cannabis, right? Um, actually, not that way. But go ahead, man. No? It didn't happen that way. No, no, okay. it didn't happen that way at all. So when I was 18, like I like I said, okay, let me let me. Uh, so the denomination I grew up in has an extra extra biblical text. In other words, somebody wrote some fiction. And I know you understand, you believe, Carlos, don't get me wrong. I understand you believe the Bible is all wrong anyway. And Miguel, I got to tell you, I didn't know what a Mormon was until I went to the Air Force Academy. There was a cute girl I was trying to get close to. She's like, come to, come to my Bible study with me. You know, what a Bible study, they, they all pull out their Book of Mormon. I'm like, uh, I didn't get the memo. I, didn't, I don't have this book. What, what is this? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? What are Mormons? <laughs> It's it's a it's a interesting denomination. And now here's the thing: I still have friends that that believe, and I still love them, and they still love me. So it's not that's why I'm like you know I can say this, and 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 I hope that they when when I when they hear me say I still love them and they still love me, I hope they believe me because I don't you know if somebody believes something about salvation, I'm not gonna hate somebody for that, right? It's not like I'm like I don't hate you, but here's what my experience growing up in it was, right? So um, at the eight, it was early, it was before ten. Um, this extra biblical text has one of you know it's supposed to be it, it, it's it's presenting Christ as he came to the Native Americans in North and South America, and that's what it is, and it's 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 fiction, and. Uh, one of the things one of the things in that text is when is the punishment for one of these groups of people the lamanites one of the punishments for them that god gave them was to turn their skin dark and my question was to my parents at the age it was very young it was before 10 i said why would god see dark skin as a punishment and they didn't have an answer because i'm not even sure if they knew it was in there or not but a lot of people pick a denomination because they know that they want to have some type of moral framework in their children and they want to have help with it. So my parents did something similar and I'm not mad at them for it, but that's the danger of it. People need to be very, they need to be discerning about what they're putting into their eyes and their ears. So they didn't have an answer and, and uh, they, they said, I have to pray about that. And that was when I went like this. On the inside, I was like, I'm done. And I walked away right there. And then uh, I, I did my first year at a community college, uh, Lansing Community College. And I lived at home. And the second year, I went to uh, Central Michigan. And uh, that first year, my living at home, my parents said, you don't have to go to church if you don't want. You're 18. And I stopped going. So I really did not start. Uh, at the same time, now I don't want to go off so, too far, so I don't want. So to that yeah, go that ahead. actually go goes to to the question that I I was uh, going to ask a little earlier. 
Um, so, so you, the way it, it seems like, and, and you haven't really actually uh, talked about this, but like the way that it seems like, it seems like cannabis is actually like a tool um, that is useful for you to bring you closer to God. Am I, am I correct in saying that? No, not closer. No, to God. okay. No, it's it's not. A, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it, I don't it, view it. I don't view it as a talisman. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, I got to get that to have access to him. It's not like that. It's not like that at all, man. It's and um, okay. So then, what's the relationship so, between God and cannabis? Oh, God. Well, I got, create, oh, Gary, Gary, do you want to? All right. Oh. Here's here's what I hear from your your, your story, Miguel, and yeah. that is that. Cannabis is not only a healing plant, as you had seen, but it also is a, a plant that offers an epiphany. It, off, it offers you a chance to open your eyes and see things. You don't necessarily have to be closer to God, but suddenly you can understand and see what's going on. Correct. I mean, the, I, that's, yeah. the terrible edit of the, uh, of the original text, because it does say even that the, the mark of Cain was the flattened nose and the darkened skin. Which says to me that that was no. So wait, so wait. The flattened nose and the darkened skin. I don't. I don't see that in the. I've never saw that in the Genesis. I've never read that in Genesis. It's it's one of the edits, and and oh okay. Always, oh, 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 you're saying that was an edit that somebody else made into into the King James Bible. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. And and that that was an interest an interesting edit. Let's put it that way. A lot of things got changed to fit the needs I, of the times, which yeah. include a, a fear of. Uh, uh, of the tribal folks who they did not want to be part of the party, so to speak. Well, I think that Gary, what you just said goes a long way. What we, we in this country, what we touched on earlier about um, certain denominations and, and their, their uh, connectedness to prohibition is that uh, the King James Bible has certain edits to validate slavery and colonization of native Americans. And in America during the 1800s, many of the Christian denominations we have in this country today sprung up in the 1800s. And in the 1800s, this country had a, a unique relationship with slavery. And so the, the you know, validation of, of, of economic belief systems in order for people to feel good about themselves on Sunday is a uniquely American thing that we have. And we have a lot of denominations that are, have incorporated things like the temperance movement and such uh, based on, you know, what we say on small passages in the Bible that oftentimes can get taken out of context. And, you know, Miguel touched on it earlier. It's like, well, how can you sit there and condemn alcohol when, when clearly uh, turn water into wine? And, and even as part of the ritual of the Catholic Church is is mixing water with the wine and such to, to kind of, you know, to to transmogrify it into the blood of, blood of Christ. So the, these these belief systems and such um, that are uniquely American in a lot of ways uh, have allowed uh, politics to be infused into the belief system in order to validate subjugating other people, in order to validate discriminating against other people. And, and, you know, and even in many ways to make people of certain denominations in this country feel like they're the chosen people. You know that the, the in and we see that um in, in you know tons of denominations uh you know across literally place. every denomination and that's but, carlos's point is that they're all wrong right so, well it's so, literally <laughs> like that's what makes a denomination and a denomination is like we've got this a little bit more correct than the other guy you know what i mean yeah um and, and here i know, am to say i think they're typically all wrong that too. happens to be salvation you know what i mean yeah. And when when I when and yeah you're right when I when I say I'm an atheist I, I'm not saying that like I 
different viewpoint than you. I'm saying you're wrong. And they're all gaming. <laughs> it offends journey, people. Your journey is unique too, because you actually have a, a a bachelor's in religious studies. You know, I so was I was you, a very you, very Catholic man at one point. <laughs> yeah, and actually studied philosophy wanted to to prove the existence of God, and it ended up with me becoming an atheist. <laughs> You know, I went through a, a, a similar journey where I, you know, I fell out of faith and then, and then, you know, there were certain things that made me pick it back up. But one thing I can say through all of it is that um, cannabis did allow me to have insights and did allow me to kind of take a step back from belief systems and actually analyze them from the outside and see, am I, what am I believing in, in, you know, um, some people look at their belief systems as a shield and other people use their belief system as a sword. And that's what I realized. I needed to take a step back and stop using my belief system as a sword. That's what cannabis helped me realize in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, Miguel, to your point, when you're talking about, you know, at home being one person and then, you know, your family, you know, having issues with you, Carlos can tell you when I was court ordered for that year of rehab, I was an asshole. Normal, <laughs> normal was a tough place to be. I mean, I was I was irritable all the time, and cannabis gave me, you know, that that opportunity to, to calm down in many ways because I am a very hyper and uh, active person. So he got you know, more stuff done though. You know, <laughs> got, <laughs> yeah, we got this podcast up and running, right? Because <laughs> we're sitting there while you're you're getting high, you're sitting there chilling. I'm like, we got to do something. I got shit to say. You know, <laughs> you know what? I want to I want to go if I can. I want to go back to what Gary said because Gary Gary said. It can it can help facilitate insight. Like you can, it can slow you down. It's and like I said, because you understand that when I said I'm, it's not a talisman. It's not a talisman for me. Some well, people that's can a, be. that's essentially what I what I mean, saying that it could be a tool that brings you closer. Yeah, to yeah exactly. Yeah, so God, so, it's something that can help you meditate. Yeah, know, and the you way focus it, on it. Gary described it was was very good. Gary, I thought that you said it can it can help you slow down. And recognize and see things and understand things differently. Mm. Now, that's going to be. This is where we all have our own subjective existential experiences. We're all individuals. We all have our own experiences, right? But it can help you do that. And I thought, Gary, that was that was that was nice, man. Nice pick, nice pick up, man. Because that's that that's a that's a distinction that a lot of people think. Well, it's like, oh. And I'm not making fun of you, Carlos, but some people go, oh, you smoke and you get high, you get feel closer to God. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, no, but I can understand things differently that change my understanding of God and Jesus differently. And that can change that, that, you know, that's, it, it's not like, uh, oh, oh, oh. What I do essentially in, in my mind, Miguel, is I try to, to take these big complicated concepts and reduce them to one sentence. All the time I've been asking you questions and I've been trying to pinpoint your beliefs in, in one sentence. I, I, I gotta say, I can't, I don't think I can do that. Um, you know, okay, so wait, wait, uh, wait, specifically you your beliefs in, in cannabis. Right? What happened? That's what you're saying is you were trying to evangelize them in, in a form uh, using your your agnosticism. Or no, whatever you I'm oh. trying to I'm trying to understand his beliefs in and trying to 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 uh, 
put them in, in a way that, you know, you can explain to a five-year-old, right? And I've been trying to explain because, like, I'm asking you all these, like, obscure questions. To, to to be fair to me, I didn't I didn't hear the question posed that way. I didn't hear how could you explain it to a five year old Miguel. I heard what is the mission of your podcast? <laughs> well, well, yeah. So like like I'm asking you all these questions and and, and it becomes this and, and I'm trying to like okay so he believes this he believes that and then you know it seems it seems that like your your beliefs are constantly evolving. Is that is that a case or? beliefs about what, what beliefs about what are we talking about what, what kind of beliefs are you talking about what do you cannabis about? god are they evolving cannabis and god. I, my like what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to 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 reduce your relationship with cannabis and with god into one sentence and i'm like you know this guy is possible. I, I thought i thought the, i thought i thought, I, thought not, I just said not, god made cannabis god made cannabis it's part of creation but that, there, that's why I there's put that more to it though because cannabis is a tool <laughs> that god gave you to experience the world um cannabis is a tool that god gave you to experience him in a better way um cannabis is a uh, medicine cannabis is um a food it's it's a number of different things and like it it, it's very difficult to pinpoint like i gotta sit down and i gotta like fucking listen to every single one of your podcasts (laughs) in in order to to pinpoint this because it seems to be a constantly evolving functions for you real quick all right what's your favorite strain you know what i really don't have a favorite strain it's it's uh it's more about what i want at that moment it's like if, if I'm, I'm parenting right so my wife and i have switched roles since i've retired she's started a business and now i'm taking care of the kids full time so that's a pretty big i didn't get to share that earlier so that's like a pretty big life change right so uh-huh. that requires a different way of approaching my day <laughs> every day like i said when you're you in the see, military and, and here we go cannabis is is i'm willing to bet something that helps you be a better parent yeah so it, it's constantly fucking adding to the list man <laughs> I, I i don't i, I don't know <laughs> i i kind of i'm not sure if you, you sound like it might be a little mad carlos i don't know I, I, <laughs> i'm not mad at you man uh, but yes but know, it sounds like you were wondering if you like you hadn't i'm kind of guessing that you're thinking you didn't hear me say it helps me with this it helps me with that but it does it helps me it helps me not i mean when I say that I was becoming an asshole, that's kind of a big deal, man. When your wife yeah. and your spouse says you're becoming right. an asshole at home, it's kind of like, that's kind of serious. <laughs> yeah, so, so then, then when you deal with that and then, and then I'm telling you the story is kind of like, yeah, you know, we were dealing with that and we're talking about it and we're trying to find ways. And we decided to try cannabis now because the world has changed. Prohibition has been rolled back and, uh, yeah, it does. It, it it's, it's helping, it's helped yeah. me transition from military to civilian, but also from, full-time like full-time working to full-time dad and still doing some stuff for working too so it's definitely helped with that um it's helped with a lot of it's helped with and here's the thing i don't have a clinical baseline i can't point to any of that stuff right but i know you don't have to me yeah but i'd be cool if i just just your story it'd be great if i could you know there's a lot of things that cannabis helps me that the doctor doesn't know about you know what i mean (laughs) um yeah (laughs) Which doctor was talking about? Um, 
<laughs> um, man, uh, yeah, Miguel, thank you very much for for sharing your story, um, and and, and sharing, uh, you know, uh, sharing this plant with with a world that I I am no longer involved with because uh, you need to hear about it. Um, so, so thank you very much for what you're doing. Your, your mission is important, even though you're wrong. <laughs> this guy, this guy, it's all right. It's perfectly all right. No, just, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm funny, Carlos, I'm looking, I'm looking at the comments, you know, and, uh, and some, some of these, uh, evangelicals apparently think we're all wrong here. Well, the deceiver is strong in these dudes. You know, like, look, dude, let me explain some about this deceiver. Okay. I can tell you very much. Yes. Of the dragon, what the you know, I know, right? Dragons, right? Here we go, like dragons, right? What, what <laughs> oh my god, look, here's here's the thing if if you're someone who really does believe that this is the devil's lettuce, that cannabis is an intoxicant that fries your brain, you need to get off the Ronald Reagan tit, okay? And if you think that's vulgar, I'm gonna say it again, tit, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, plain and simple is that cannabis, as as Miguel pointed out, Scary pointed out, even Carlos as an atheist pointed out, is a natural plant. And if you believe that nature comes from God, then as a Christian, how can it be something that is bad for you? How can it be something like why why would God make a plant that, as Carlos pointed out, is a food, as a medicine, and that it can be a tool to bring people closer together through community and fellowship? And it, and it be something that is is coming from the opposition. Clearly, the opposition doesn't have that. And, you know, the fact is that if you do believe that it's the opposition, if that is your belief, then you're actually espousing Gnosticism. And you should go back and, 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 and read those books and such, because the fact is, is that um, th you can't have both. You it's can't just, espouse a, a Gnostic belief and a fundamentalist belief at the same exact time. When, they, 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 when they you, so you. <laughs> So I'm sorry, Kato, but when when you're when you're in my position, when you're you're an atheist talking to a Christian, and you say, "Okay, why do you believe in God?" A lot of times you get like this answer where, you know, how can have you not experienced love? Love is God. Love is proof that God exists. And like not knocking that, you know, I don't want to like disprove that whole fucking side of things, but that is a very very common answer for why would you would believe right god equals love right and we love are is just irrational. now love is irrational and well, philosophy are, tries to use rational thought to validate the existence and that's why it's 100 that's why it's always a now argument, learning right? about this plant though and we share and i think the four of us can can agree that we we as human beings share a relationship with this plant that is is is, is this is one of the most beneficial plants that we have Right. And how can you experience? Yes, love is irrational, but it, it would be very easy for somebody to smoke a joint and be like, wow, marijuana is love. You know, <laughs> it's so hard for me to understand why people who believe in God don't say God is equal to weed. It is really hard for me to understand that. And, and I was trying to hint at that earlier in the show, and I don't think I came across, but. You know, it, no, it's, the, the way you're the way you're asking these questions now are definitely more pointed. <laughs> when, when you you know we were, we were continuing the conversation, and and pointed is fine. I, I would have I would have tried to answer him that way, but I because 
I, I, and I, I hope I answered all your questions because you did. I kind of feel like I didn't now because I thought, then I was like, oh man, I talked for a long time and, and, uh, I kind of gave like, you know, <laughs> so I apologize, Carlos. Sorry about that. Well, no, don't apologize. Come back on the show on a, on a later day and, and we'll keep talking about this. This is a good, you know, we, we should have Miguel and Nate on the show together. And just have the two sides of Christianity that both cannabis influence, but both both sides of Christianity there. You know, yeah, I don't I know mean, if you guys are for it. I, I don't know who Nate is. I have no idea. Who we Nate we is. have a friend who who runs a, a Facebook group, Christians for Cannabis, and um, he he's a you know he's a stone cold evangelical conservative, but he does his best to try and get people who think like him to also open up to cannabis. And so um, I think Carlos finds similarities and kind of you know. What, what y'all well, I find I find a lot of differences too. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, I find, that's true. I find a lot of you know uh, a, a lot of the things that Nate says. I I think is that like there's a lot of shit that's just illogical that that Nate goes by, and like he just cannot have a conversation with the, the that dude without being like, oh my god, dude, like you're you you vote like you seriously vote? You influence my future, but <laughs> you know I can have I can have a conversation with Miguel, and you know be all smiles and enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like and not get frustrated because the, the man's coming from a good place. He's it, Miguel's not trying to be right. Miguel's trying to be come from a place of love, and that's what I appreciate about a guy like you. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about you like you're not there, Miguel. No, but... I appreciate it, man. That is, <laughs> it, it, that, and here's the thing, man: is I can't force anybody to try to believe anything, and that's what I think. That's why I think a lot of people have experiences like what you and my buddy Abel came across in Catholic school is that they force. It's like shoved the way the way the words Abel's words I think were shoved down your throat, and that's not that's not what Jesus is about at all. It's, it's a personal relationship and, and you can't force that on anybody. You can't force somebody to be friends with somebody. It doesn't work. And that, and that's where I don't do that. You know what I mean? I tell people what I believe and I listen to people what they believe and we want to talk about it. We can talk about it. That's cool. And that is basically it. It's like, I'm not trying to force anything because you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts, man. It's, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, folks, we had a, a, a very robust discussion today on the show, and I think that um, we, we you know, don't get this opportunity a lot of times on the show. Many times we're reporting news, we're interviewing politicians, we're talking about the state of the cannabis movement, but it is great. Oh, Gary's down, man down. Gary Saloma, tell him Gary Saloma. <laughs> but I think it's 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 uh, important to take, like, oh, shit, I think it's important wrong. to take times. No, he just dropped his phone. Yeah. I think it's important to take times uh, to to have these philosophical discussions around cannabis too, and to see where they fit into people's belief systems, um, because it is the beliefs that um, govern a lot of our politics in this country. And we know that cannabis is so related to politics because it's what's made it illegal. It's what's uh, brought it back from from the brink of prohibition. Um, and now, you know, we see it as a, as a medicine, but not everybody does. And some people who have very strong belief systems are in very high positions of power that are holding up, uh, you know, the, you know, the Jim Crow uh, uh, points of prohibition and utilizing it 
as a way to criminalize communities of color, to utilize it as a way to appease their donors in the private prison industry. And so getting the time today to really dive back into what, how do belief systems and cannabis interact with each other is important. And, you know, we have four people here on the show today with four different belief systems. You know, uh, Carlos loves to say everybody else's is wrong. You know, uh, some people have a unique view and the other people's are wrong and uh, other people, are like, you know, try to find common ground. Point being is this, whether you're one of our listeners who's a detractor and think we're all evil and part of the devil or, or, or you're someone who's like, what the hell is up with these guys? Why is the show so different today? I want you all to take a step back and realize that we're all on this planet together and moving forward. We have to come up with solutions to the problems that we have in order to survive as a community and as a species. And we're not going to make it unless we take the step back and analyze things sometimes that we're always trudging forward. It's time to pause sometimes, analyze what we're doing. Is this right? Is this the right way to go? And uh, cannabis as a tool does give you that ability. I mean, if you've never smoked it before, take the time to smoke it or take an edible and, and, and sit back and really reflect on what's really important. It can help you uh, gain perspective in a lot of ways. And for me, that is something that is definitely natural. Oh, now we got someone dropping, dropping. Okay. Yeah. All right. Likewise. Too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait. first off, we got someone taking uh, Proverbs, which comes from King Solomon, from, who was a Hebrew and mixing it with comments that uh, a Roman made, who, by the way, was a very racist and anti-Christian person before he had his actual come to Jesus moment on the it's road. so long. It, it, yeah. But, but, but um, Miguel, we touched on this last time is that sometimes um, modern Christianity, too, and the way people preach it is that they'll take the Old Testament and New Testament and try to work them together when and many times they're conflicting covenants. They don't work with each other from, from certain points of view. And Gary, as a Jew, can be like, you're right. It's not your book. As, as <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> so, 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 so I, I say all of that to say this. Look, I'm glad that we as four rational human beings can come together as and as Americans come together and realize that cannabis and cannabis prohibition, um, there's something wrong with that. And if we can analyze and see where our own belief systems uh, fall short as theological systems, not as personal belief systems, but as theological constructs, that's important for folks. And I, and I think we can get a lot farther with ending prohibition if we could get the, the politicians who are in power uh, to do the same thing. So hopefully Chuck Schumer and all those Republicans, Mitch McConnell, will sit down and have a joint. Uh, they don't have to tell us, but please, by all means, spark it up and figure out how we can get this prohibition done how we can get schedule one ended, uh, descheduled, you know, uh, as a plant, as an agricultural commodity, hemp was vital to this nation's founding. So for those of you calling it the devil's lettuce and still love George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, understand that Thomas Jefferson stole 2000 pounds of weed to buy guns for this country. We go back to the cannabis and guns debate, but we would not have a, a in America if Thomas Jefferson hadn't sold 2000 pounds of hemp. Uh, in order to buy guns for the Continental Army in 1781. So that being said, team, I would say if you want to get involved, you want to go into these deep discussions, <laughs> you can fellowship with our fellow members and become a member of Suncoast Normal. Go to suncoastnormal.org, become a member. Uh, we have a, a, you know, because it's still the pandemic is still happening, we're still doing our membership meetings virtually. 
But anytime you sign up to become a member, you can go into Chillum there, get your membership card, get your membership pin. And Carlos has been so kind to offer a 25% discount uh, to Suncoast members, uh, normal members at Chillum. So it's a win-win situation. Again, all the proceeds for becoming a member go back into the organization. Uh, we do not take paychecks uh, to do this. Uh, we all, you know, uh, have a need to pay our bills, though. And, I, I, you know, that's why you know, when we were talking about earlier about the root of all evil being the love of money, I tell you this much. There's nothing evil about these guys that I work with. They sacrifice so much uh, to be a part of this movement. Gary, you know, sacrifices a lot to make it to Tallahassee in a, in a car that sometimes we don't know if the wheel is going to fall off. But we make sure that, that you know, he, he gets there. And Carlos, you know, uh, has, has given us the space in the studio in his own uh, place of business. Uh, I would say that regardless of anyone's belief system, these guys have great hearts. And Miguel, your heart was on display today and how you shared your story. And I really appreciate uh, you sharing that with us and sharing it with our viewers and our community. And uh, and I hope that they can catch a podcast. Carlos, run that podcast again, The Conversation of Cannabis and Christianity. And, and folks can check out uh, Miguel's podcast and past episodes at ccncpodcast.com. Uh, Miguel, any party words for our viewers? Thanks, guys. It was good. It was good. Thank you very much. It's. I think this is only the third time I've been on on a podcast, and it was it was nice, guys. I appreciate it. Well, we'll catch everybody in the rotation next Sunday. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation Podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. All by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media, at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.